right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is District 3 Podcast. Welcome. Um, we're glad to be back. Uh, I'm Manny. This is Irvin, and uh, this is episode 57 of the District 3 Podcast. And uh, we're joined by a new candidate who will be running for the Springdale City Council in this election. Um, and it's Ward, Ward 4, seat 2. Uh, Derek Van Vost. Thank you for joining us, Derek. Hey, great to have you. Great to be here. Um, Irvin, I sure appreciate the opportunity, and man, it's great to be here. Yeah, glad to see you again. I'm glad you were able to get the ward right. Yeah, the, Pat, which Pat, one? Which one? The city, city ward, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I asked Derek right before we started. <laughs> Practice it a couple times in your head before yeah, yeah. we go live. That's good, that's good. Hey, but we're here, and uh, I just met Derek a few weeks ago, but apparently you knew him before, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I met Coach, man. Well, back when he was coach, right? For yeah. me, it was Coach V yeah. back in the day. I mean, that was, shoot, almost a decade ago. Oh, nine, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, 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 man. It feels, feels crazy to talk about because now, now you got me thinking my, my 10-year reunion's probably coming up for high school. Yeah, I might miss mine because, I guess, COVID. Canceled. Yeah, mine was this year. Oh, wait, this year? Yeah. Dang. How'd you feel about it? Are you, are yeah, you sad right. you missed it's it? Right. I was actually supposed to be part of the committee to like do it, to do like the reunion. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Set up the reunion. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, man, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it's okay. Let me let me ask you a little something, Irvin, real quick, because I don't really know how the high school reunions work. Who who like is supposed to put it all together? It's the class president, but I wasn't the class president, but one of my good friends was. Who was it? Uh, Sylvia Peña, Carolina. Sylvia Carolina Peña. She okay. was the class president, and she reached out about doing it. Um, to see you graduated, what, 20, 2010? 2010, yeah, so okay. it's been 10 years. I'm a baby. Because my cousin was the other president. Oh, was she? Yeah. Okay, Melissa. Yeah. And she was also 2010. She right. gra- we graduated together. Right, and I, and she hasn't t- said anything about the, the class or union, so... Oh, well, she's actually really good friends with Sylvia, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but we'll have to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> we started, we're together, we're starting drama over here on the radio. A, a Zoom <laughs> union or something, you know, that's the way everybody else is doing it. So you've known uh, Coach since when? Yes, I would say back in 2009, uh, okay. you know, I, you didn't move to Springdale then. You were here already, right? Yeah, I had just... Um, I just got I just got into Springdale. I mean, I I lived there, but that was my first year coaching at Springdale. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he was at Springdale High School. Then he went over to Harbor. Oh, it's Fayetteville. To Fayetteville. Fayetteville for years in Harbor. Now Bentonville. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And one cool fact: if elected, uh, Derek would be the first African American to serve in the Springdale City Council. Huge. That's That'd huge. Big. You know, we need, as you all know, you know, with like the recent things that have happened in the Springdale City Council with remarks made against Kevin Flores. It's important that we have diversity and that we have better representation, you know, specifically in Springdale where we have, where it's like the biggest minority majority uh, district, um, which Are, is District is 89. It, is it minority majority? District I, 89, I, I believe it. Okay. Okay. So um, downtown Springdale, which yeah. is what... Uh, it falls within. Yeah. Yeah. Derek is trying to represent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it's just time for a change. You know, I think... Derek, uh, ever since I met him and just kind of talking to him, he's very passionate, he's very caring, and he really wants to make a difference, um, and that's what he's been doing uh, for a good part of his life already. Um, so I'm excited that you're here, Derek. Uh, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Southwest Arkansas, the Queen, Arkansas. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, one fun fact, whenever we had we had a meeting last week, remember, mm-hmm. on, on Zoom with some, with some uh, future supporters, 
And there was actually a guy by the name of Omar Gallardo mm-hmm. that actually, he actually asked if I could get him on the Zoom because he's actually from the Queen. No way. So he was there listening. I'm, you probably didn't see him, but no, he was I there. Didn't. I, didn't. Uh, I think he went to the Queen High School yeah. and uh, he was just excited that you were from the Queen. He, I think he said that he knew you or something. Yeah. Um, so he was there. So people are excited. Um, can you talk a little bit about like just what led the the change from the Queen over here? And also if you can just talk about um, you know, being raised over there. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm fortunate to say that I was uh, I was born um, into poverty. I was born with health health issues from the very beginning. Um, I stayed in the hospital for almost a whole year from the time I was born. I was born early, and uh, being from Southwest Arkansas, it's a little different. Um, it, it, during that time, it wasn't extremely I would say racist, but everybody was comfortably to their sides. I guess you could say. And uh, for me, I didn't have a side, man. I was uh, I lived with my grandma, so mm. we just bounced from home to home and and did what we could to survive. A lot of nights we slept in that same park, you know, that parking lot that I was born in. Going through my life, I never had value. See, I was just a poor kid. Uh, uh, no one really wanted. Um, I was I was ex- I, I wasn't really accepted places. I guess I was just there for moments. I guess you could say uh, passing through and. Went through a lot of hard times because when you have no structure and things like that and money and, and family, you know, I'm not sure where my dad was and I'm not really sure where my mom was at that time. Maybe my dad was in prison. But, you know, we didn't feel like anything was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we felt natural second class, so that's just the way it was. I don't think you you really realize that when you're young, right? Like no, you, you don't. You mm-hmm. just think that, like, you're just Everything's happy. Like that. And yeah. you kind of make the best of what you have. But then it's like when you get older when you're like, damn, like, I kind of had it rough, right, you know? Right, right, yeah. yeah that, that's yeah. something that I do all the time where I'm like, man, like, we, could, like, we couldn't afford this, we couldn't afford sure. that. And at that time, I'm just like, well, is this not normal for everybody? Right. Like, yeah. can yeah. we all not afford, like, you know, going to McDonald's every week like I wanted to, you know? Sure. But, uh, but, yeah. Um, and... Anything else you want to mention about yeah, that? Well, I mean, simple things like um, I remember when I was thirteen, I got in trouble for being in the dumpster at um, at McDonald's. You know, it's something that's embarrassing to a lot of people, but for me, it, it's that push that threshold back of things that you say you would never do. Right? You, you don't know what you would ever do until you've been in that situation. So it's easy not to judge people in that situation. I think you know I learned a lot from that. Um, being humbled at that age and not finding value in myself there was no value in me out of all honesty except for to my grandmother mm-hmm. there was really nothing that anybody on this planet truly valued in me it wasn't until i started playing sports and i was blessed with an ability to be valuable to people and with uh breaking all the records in our hometown and you know in football and baseball with our wins that our team had accomplished during that time frame i got to be a part of something very special and I mean, this record to this day, they don't think I've been beaten in football and baseball. And uh, just being a part of a, 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 a athletic program with some ability gave me actually a structure and a family there for a while. So that really helped me out. I, um, I think it, that perspective is, is super important because a lot of the times, a lot of the elected, elected officials in our you know, city or just in the area um, can be very like disconnected to certain communities because they never really had to go through things that certain communities have go th- have gone through, and I think um, those experiences that you have, I mean, will be super useful um, in this campaign and if elected, like once you're in office. Sure. You know, just because uh, experiences, I don't think like experience in general. I know people always like, always say I have more experience than this mm-hmm. person. You know, like I'm better for the job, but sometimes 
it's not even that experience that you that you really need it's more about like experiences right that you've gone through that can really get you um farther in regards to connecting with certain communities that you might not be able to connect with if you've never had those experiences right i mean that was uh, and i've told people whenever you know i met derek as coach v it was, that was the main thing is that he was people driven he was trying to help people i mean i, I remember every he was everybody's favorite coach too mm -hmm. right you know <laughs> yeah. so everybody was like yo coach v you yeah. know people could not only look at him as somebody that was trying to help them on the field but then like they were texting him afterwards coaches keeping up with everybody so you know that's that's a continued relationship not just as as a professional setting but just human to human which mm -hmm. I, again I, like you said is 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 super important um so how do you go from that transition of, of you know being a football coach um you know being being that leader in in that role and wanting to take this step i just honestly um i got i got tired of watching people be rude and disrespectful to people. I, I got tired of seeing people in our community feel like they're a guest in their home. Uh, and I'm the kind of guy, man, if you remember, I'm the kind of coach that says, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about it if we're not gonna be about it. Yeah. If you're not gonna be about it, shut up. Right. Right? And so I just, I corrected myself one day. I'm like, well then, if you got a problem with the way the community's being ran, if you got a problem with the way people are being treated, if you got a problem with, you know, with issues in your city, we'll do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then after about a week of thinking and talking to people and people talk me into it, I'm thinking, well, hey, you know, what's it gonna hurt? At least I get a platform till November to point out some issues in this city and help people out, maybe educate people on some things that are going on. Mm. And one of the things that you talked about when we've had discussions before, Derek, is um, about people that have influenced you, you know, mm -hmm. in regards to like what your leadership looks like today, what your values are today. Can you, I think you mentioned that uh, the person that had the most influence in your life was your grandmother, right? Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about that? What kind of influence she had or what she taught you and, and helped you be a better man today? My grandma was real big in her, her faith. So she spent a lot of time in the word, reading the Bible. And we didn't have TV or things like that. So I spent my days, you know, with my grandma in the car. Uh, you know, she would read scripture. Yeah. She would read scripture. And, and my grandma was a very special human. I mean, from the time I ever met her, all she did was love people. She never, never treated any human being any different. And as a child, I grew up, that's all I knew was compassion and care for people, love people. Now, I will tell you, growing up where I grew up, having compassion and caring about people, you had to be very tough because it's a sign of weakness on the streets, right? So you mm -hmm. have to fight a lot. Mm -hmm. So I fought a lot, but I still kept that compassion and that, and that, and that, that just, just love the people, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I always have. So to me, it was a simple deal with my grandmother. You know, she passed just the 23rd of, of June. And Condolences. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. But she she passed me on for something bigger she's always prepared me for something bigger and when people would say ugly things about me she said what she would say they just don't know you and you could help them so i always help people always love people never treat people second class people shouldn't be treated second class ever for any reason whatsoever in my opinion mm. that's 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 such a good uh way of thinking and such a good way of living um and what led to you, because you played, you played football college as well, right? Yes, yes. Can you talk about that, uh, where you went and uh, what position well, did you play? Actually? Well, yeah, I, I ended up graduating from the University of Arkansas. I played cornerback. I, I really played all over. I was, I, was good. I was a corner, but I wasn't quite 
the size of a corner. And I, I was a receiver. I didn't have the, quite the height. I was just a, more of an athletic guy. Mm. But, but, but all that aside, football was just um, a platform used to get to where I am today. I learned a lot from like Coach Nutt and from some of the coaches I had over the past who just taught me discipline. But really, they were just the men I needed in my life. You see, when you grew up with no structure, and that's a mis big misconception with some of these kids today. I mean, they think they're bad kids or whatever. They just didn't have structure, okay? They just didn't have that male figure. So what college really did for me is bought me a little more time to um, become that that guy I needed to be in my life. And then the structure I learned from, from football and the coaching staff and it's really just being there and listening and giving little words of advice that make all the difference in the world to, to people. And I think even as going into coaching, if I've ever had, I've, I've been a part of, I think, 13 championships, but that's it, all the kids, right? But the kids, it's the buy-in. You know, you can lay out the game plan, but it's the buy-in of people around you and doing things. And to get the buy-in is to treat people as human and they will feel it naturally. Mm -hmm. To hear somebody like Manny say what he said today, that, You'll never know in a million years how much that means to me, mm -hmm. somebody who was in a dumpster at 13 years old. So, man, mm -hmm. that means the world to me. Yeah, and I think it, it, it leads to the larger conversation about, you know, needing structure all around in the city. What kind of programs, what kind of things can you do to, to help these people instead of, you know, sports is one avenue, right? And I think I, I've also benefited from it mm -hmm. being around um, um, men that wanted to make you better, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're not in a program like that, um, if you don't play sports or even you have a bad coach or something, right, then, you know, that can easily go awry one direction or another. Um, so what 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 kind of things can you do for the kids that aren't in sports? What do you what, what can we do to benefit those people? What kind of programs can we put to keep people yeah. off the streets and, you know, Definitely. build structure for them? Um, you know, I don't necessarily personally. Right. I don't necessarily believe it's it's throwing every kid in jail you know it's how how else can we we rehabilitate people yeah. to uh, and i know urban you believe this because you know your bell project well, i'm over here thumping my feet yeah you're, you're over here you got you got the fun you're taking yeah. the kids out of jail you yeah. know but um it, it's it i don't know what do you guys have these conversations at the bell project about that structure i mean i, I know you guys do a lot of follow-up with um people that that are coming out of the jail um to, yep. to continue with them and make sure making sure they're doing all right yeah definitely i mean there's folks that need drug treatment there's folks that need help finding a job yeah. something as simple as that you know and and a lot of the times the little things are the ones that that stop them from being able to accomplish what they want to accomplish for example uh, some people don't have a ride you know if they want to get a job and they live in a town like lincoln or or some other small town where there's no jobs there so you have to go out of the city to go find a job and if you don't have a car then you can't get a job so what happens is that you just find other alternatives um, and sometimes they're bad alternatives right right and you end up back into the cycle so there's things like that just simple thing like transportation a simple thing like not having a cell phone where you can get callbacks from job interviews um, those things really take a toll. So with the Bell Project, you know, we're helping provide phones. We're helping provide transportation. If we can find people in our community, I know right now it's difficult with the pandemic, but, uh, you know, to, to, to take them to the job interviews, to take them to their work or help them find a way to find a job that they can at least make some money to be able to buy a car. Yeah. So it's the little things that really help people fall out of the cycle of coming back in. And there's not a lot of resources because they're like, I feel like most areas and most organizations that help 
with mental health or with drug treatment, they're already being like super booked and there's not enough resources. The professionals aren't getting paid enough. So it's just a bunch of different small problems that make the big problem, to be honest. Right. Um, but we try our best. Um, but there definitely is a lot of work that we have to do. And I think, you know, it's, it's something that if it isn't, you know, the large state government, what can we do at a super local level yeah. to be able to make sure people still feel valuable, like you were saying? Wait, it, it's really simple, uh, Manny. There's, to me, it's called trap life. Yeah. It's called trap for a reason. Trap is an important word because if you understand what trap is, and trap life is basically poverty. It doesn't matter what your skin color, poverty is poverty. Yeah. And with poverty comes, you know, poor choices. You know, and, and it's what I t- talked to some of the coaches I coached for years on the staff. You know, they talk about a kid making a bad choice. Well, this kid woke up today and he may only had four choices. Right. They all four may have been bad. Have to be, have, you know what I mean? They may all four be overall bad choices. Those are only his only options, his or hers, but yet they made the best one of that four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with all that being said, you got to understand with the trap life mentality, I think the key to, to solving that in, in youth, first off, your boys and girls club has to be on point. Your community, your community things have to be on point. With the yeah. pandemic, we have another issue to deal with. Right. But we talk about sports being the savior. Sports don't build character. Sports reveal character. There you go. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's where a lot of people I feel messed up. So, but it's not really the sport itself. It's the, the time that a teenage child has that we need to feel with positive rather than negative because somebody's going to be in that child's ear. Yeah. And so we got to make sure if we're going to stop filling up the jails, in my personal opinion, with people, we have to first make sure the youth centers and the, the youth events and are affordable and accessible. Yeah. We can fix it from the front end by educating and being time. And that, by educating and spending quality time in quality places, that reveals character. And therefore, there, you don't need sports. Mm. You, just need, you just need to be there for people. A lot of that's just listening mm. and answering simple questions because, honestly, that's what your mom or dad would do if we lived in a structured home. And a lot of people just don't have that for whatever reason. I think one of the of the really cool areas or um, organization slash uh, facility that we have in downtown Springdale is the station. So the station is a place in downtown Emma where folks can learn how to draw. Teens can learn how to draw. They can learn how to make music. They can learn how to make video. Uh, so a bunch of different. They have a bunch of different things that you can learn, and uh, they even have open mics and stuff. So they try to engage them before you know they find something else and i've seen a lot of a lot of kids come out of there you know with with new ideas with new projects and new perspectives so we definitely have to support uh facilities like the station in downtown springdale um but we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna play a song by kevin contra what's the name of the song manny high standards we'll be right back after this quick break I want 
up the times to go out and play Compass in my stomach, I just paved the way I wake up with a tired face I learn from all my mistakes I still play at higher stakes Working for the finer things I need to move out to a wider place I'm talking fuckhead above the fireplace They say I'm just dreaming But if I lived their lives deep inside I'd be screaming They say that I'm bold uh-oh, I mind my own business as I mind my way to go I just hold myself up to high standards Every day I walk past the bystanders Fly high and filter out the hijackers As I go out to find the right answers I just hold myself up to high standards Every day I walk past the bystanders Fly high and filter out the hijackers I go out to find the right answers I want more from me than the family do I know that's a different shift in attitude I have seen a lot, I got a crazy view My life's ups and downs, needs a camera crew How do I survive, make it out the blue Thinking of the lives the earth has removed All these heavy thoughts I gotta battle through Start to think who I'd matter to I'm looking for a ray of hope Holding on to stay afloat Hate that I just can't control Talking with a tangled throat I have gave a lot and put it all on the line Please show me a sign And where am I to go? They say love the journey you're facing Don't worry about your life's destination Or how far Cause you're enough with what who you are huh? Myself up to high standards Every day I walk past the bystanders Fly high and filter out the hijackers As I go out to find the right answers I just hold myself up to high standards Every day I walk past the bystanders Fly high and filter out the hijackers As I go out to find the right answers back with the district three podcast took a little break there listening to some music some good vibes i was a local artist from right here in springdale kevin contra so we're happy to support um anytime we can uh now coach real quick i mean I, i'm just so used to calling you coach i hope please okay. yeah, no, I, I, somebody called me Derek the other day i'm like who is that yeah, me, no, me. no i know because <laughs> you know 
for those that obviously people that listen don't know we had a meeting the other day and, yeah. and everybody kept calling him Derek and I'm just like man that's, that's weird yeah yeah, yeah it's weird for me too <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know just uh, because we're sports guys uh, I wanted to take your opinion on the COVID-19 uh, sports world you know I, I'm I'm hoping that we have some Arkansas sports I know Urban's over here wearing his Arkansas tennis polo. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know they made polos to to sponsor. I actually, Arkansas I actually tennis, got. Man. I actually got this one like as a as like a. My mom actually went to go shop like a thrift store. Yeah, yeah. And she got this shirt, and I was like, and I get I get asked all the time if I play tennis. I don't play tennis. <laughs> like I literally just wearing the shirt, trying to yeah. make my mom happy over here. Yeah, but you're the star like of the, the shirt. Hans tennis. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. That's yeah. what we'll tell people, Urban. Yeah, um, but you know what do you what do you think? How do you, I mean? Obviously, we got all the different sports. You played baseball. Baseball's doing it one way. Mm. NBA is doing it one way. Who knows if the NFL is going to do anything? What, mm. Especially college sports, I, that's even more complicated. What what what's your take? Should they be playing first of all? Ooh man, this is <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it, that's, that's a big a tough question. Right? Well, uh, it depends who you're asking, I guess. Uh, for me, man, I sure hope there's football. Yeah, and I, I hope for the reasons for the kids who need. Or sports, you know, in general. But I hope for the kids who need a you know a chance to get a scholarship. I hope uh, I hope they do play. Uh, I do. I, I, it's important. And it's again, it's idle time that kids can get in trouble if there's no sports. Coaching football, and you know, my last few days at Bentonville, you know, uh, lately we're just it's um, we're we're separated by three yards. You're a football player. Yeah. Yeah, and so just to be honest with you, I don't know unless you're going to coach offense what you would possibly want to do in football if you can't get within three yards from anybody. Right. So we're going to eventually have to be able to hit, wrap up, share sweat, share blood, whatever to be able to play. And my personal opinion is, I just don't see that happening at the high school level with the two kids getting sick and at Farmington. I think I read and they having to yeah. shut the program down for a little bit. With, with especially with the seven eight schools that I've been to and coached at for all the years, the numbers alone, having you know close to two hundred kids on each roster, the odds of getting through a season without kids getting sick and having to shut down and clean everything, me personally, I want to see it. I pray that it happens. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. That's yeah. That. That's the I mean, it is. It's true. It's, that's the problem. I mean, you look at the way, the only leagues that are going on right now are NBA, MLS and uh, MLB, uh, NBA, nobody's going to be able to do it like that. They're in a bubble, right? Even though that's like the perfect way to do it. Um, even they are not perfect. They, you know, they'll have people testing positive here and there. But I look at baseball and, you know, you just have these professionals who are saying no to million dollar paychecks because they don't, because people are testing positive. They are still getting sick in the middle of the season. So it's complicated. But it, I think I agree. I hope it goes on. Because like you said, like we were talk talking about earlier, it is a program where people can, one, better themselves, but two, it's, it's, a, it's a key, right? It's a mm. key to, to, for a lot of certain students, but I think especially at the professional level to a different access of life, and that, that type of stuff carries on, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if a, one college kid um, who comes from the mud um, ends up getting a, a full ride, it changes the life of the entire family just yeah, immediately yeah, like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I agree. I hope it goes on. I don't know. Irvin, you're not that into the sport, so you're not. Uh, I am, kind <laughs> of. But I mean, I mean, I'm more into, like, I like soccer, UFC, boxing. That's kind of more my thing. Yeah. Uh, I know golf is back, right? Kind of? Yeah, it? yeah, they're they're golfing. 
because they can kind of do. And then like in UFC, they go to that island. That's what they're that's what they're fighting right yeah, now. Yeah, you're right? you're more of the wrestling and MMA fighting. UFC I mean, soccer. Yeah, they. I don't know. We can't put kids on an island, you know. But they're doing that right now. They, yeah, they, they sure are. UFC. They've had like three events at that island where Dana White took everybody, and they're fighting over there. So they're finding a way. Um, but I definitely understand the importance of, of why people would want uh, sports to continue uh, in high school because of that opportunity aspect. And people, some people, unfortunately, it's like their only way out of of uh, either like a bad area, you know, or or just economically. So it's really sad, you know, for the folks that might not be able to get that scholarship. Right. And, and especially at a high school level, I think sports and the other programs outside of sports that won't be able to continue, I, I think of the way that that connects people to community, right? And, and just, we need programs once school starts, if school's gonna be in person. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and that's a whole other issue on itself. Yeah, but it is. You know, just trying to find ways to, to keep things open and, and uh, innovating as much as you can. I think that's that's another thing that we were talking about the, with Springdale, with, one of the things that they're trying to do, Fayetteville just did this, right? Passed this entertainment district yeah. um, ordinance. That's one thing that a city council has power over mm-hmm. is passing some kind of special ordinance um, at, at a city level that may supersede a, a state law. Um, and and so for those that wouldn't know, it's an entertainment district is basically something where you can have alcoholic beverages out on the street, um, while you're within a certain district, I think the district that they're proposing is like from Emma to, uh, I don't know, it's like a few blocks uh, to the west of that. Um, but, you know, that's innovating in different ways so that you can still generate business downtown um, because the city right now isn't isn't making the, si- the same type of money that they would have before. You know, city has a bunch of programs mm-hmm. to be able to, uh, create revenue and it's just not happening because you're not able to get those tax dollars from downtown business yeah um, so those are the type of things that I hope you know we can encourage um, especially uh, Derek as, as he goes into trying to make some t- type of change um, and we were talking earlier is like do that's one of the things I know that a city can do I don't know what else a city can do we passed a mask ordinance right yeah uh, but what I mean, what what else do ordinances? We also do? passed a pro-life ordinance, which I don't know what that means either. Didn't really do anything. It was more of a like a symbolic thing. But and I think the mask was too, because they it's not enforced, right? Yeah. Um, but they, but they are things. It's almost like you know the the city council is more representative and more symbolic in those type of things. Mm-hmm. While you know there are other things like the entertainment district that obviously will create revenue and will mm-hmm. help help the city out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I hope that we can do that. Um, I hope so, too. I mean, the city council, uh, just in general, um, for those that don't know, they meet, uh, I believe it's biweekly um, at the city hall, and they talk about the issues that are affecting, you know, uh, that are affecting Springdale, different things, different new ideas. If they want to if they want to open a new facility, they vote on that. If they want to open a new park, they vote on that name changes of schools, just a lot of pretty much everything that happens in the city. The city council votes on that. Um, But unfortunately, one of the things that I was mentioning before is when there's new people that are trying to come up and are trying to be a part of the city council, 
there's really not people within the city council right now that are willing to pass information down in regards to like what the job entails, you know, like what you can expect when you're on the city council. So a lot of candidates sometimes come into this into this position without knowing and just kind of learning on the job. Yeah. You know, so that's why we need uh, more diverse people. That's yeah. why we need folks who are not part of the good boys club. You know, and part we can. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're part of the community, right? Yeah, and that are part of the community. That way, that if elected, you know, you serve your time. When you decide to get out, um, then you can pass down that information to other people, who uh, wouldn't have any idea of it if you did not do it yourself. Because right. other folks are not going to do that, and that's that's a problem that we've had here in Springdale, forever. Yeah, and but that's something that you know we were talking about you were you were wanting to fix right you were mm -hmm. talking about i'm gonna have these conversations i want to listen mm -hmm. i want to work together instead of you know hey i've got this master plan right sure. now i'm gonna fix springdale on my own right sure. no no and that's what you hear all the time you know people will say you know we're gonna do this we're gonna do that but when the time comes they don't so i think one of the good things that derek is doing is sitting down and listening to folks um out of the conversations that you've already had with people that you just met in the past few days what are some things that you feel that you have learned? I mean, I've, I, oh my gosh, it's a really that, that's a loaded question. But man, yeah. I, I, you, know, you, you can sit down with one person for an hour and learn twenty five things. Yeah, but but really, uh, it goes back to what I came in here from the beginning to do is learn. I believe the, I believe there's no magic wand to fix anything. Mm. It's not how life works, and uh, I take that into a football setting, right, where. I hear the issues, I see the problems, I watch film, whatever, right? And then I see what we have to work with. Then you, you, on paper, you draw up the perfect game plan, okay? So that part, one and two, will be easy. It'll be easy to be elected and go around the different communities and hear their problems, see what we've got to work with, see our budget, and lay down the perfect game plan. That is easy. The problem is, is getting buy-in. Because with the game plan, you need your team to do their part week in and week out. Therefore, you will have success. If you can't get buy-in, it does not matter how good your game plan is, you're not going to be successful. So the key is not to make the ultimate game plan. The key is to be a leader and be a, a good enough leader and build trust in those communities to get them to do their part, to carry their load. And you will have success and you will win. That's the key. Not to say that anybody in Springdale is not doing that already. Mm -hmm. You see, I, I'm not going to sit and say that they're not. Right. I'm just saying I personally don't feel the leadership out of that. I don't feel that the image of what I see there represents the image of what Springdale is. Mm -hmm. I just don't. And I don't mean to offend anybody. That's not yeah. my goal. But I want, to, I want everybody to understand there is no magic wand to fix anything, whether I'm elected or anybody's elected. We have to do our parts as individual to solve problems, and, and that's it. And I think, I think everybody's got to do that. That's, part, that's the team aspect. The team wins the championship, not the coach. Mm. Yeah. You no, that's, and that's very true. And I, I, that's why we talk about why representation is so important, because if I don't see myself in, in, in my governments, um, then how do I know they're speaking to the issues behind closed doors that, yeah. I, that I feel, right? You know, and that's why electing people that are going to try to do that is so important. Yeah. Um, so I hope that we, you know, even going forward, not just today, not just, you know, this November, it's, it's a long term strategy. And I, and that's part of the thing that we talk about why local representation is so important 
because that's the stuff that's going to affect you so immediately right that's what's going to affect your hometown uh the neighbor next door and uh the, even the person you know a few miles down the road um they're all represented by different people but it's they're your neighbors too correct right mm -hmm. there's other people that live right down the street they're one of you and unfortunately we have like a like a like a citywide uh, election for city council right i personally think that people should be able to vote specifically for their ward you know and the people that should vote for these candidates should be people that live in their ward because we have wards that are very diverse and we don't get the representation that we need because of that yeah. but the way unfortunately that it is set up is that literally anybody in the city of springdale can vote for every ward. right it's at large mm. you know i don't know why that is any insight? Well, it's done purposely, you know, to make sure that, <laughs> to make sure that, that we have the same people. Yeah, from, we have people you know. in there that have been there for, what, like over 10, 15 years right. in the Sprino City Council. Um, and it's time for a change. Um, but before we get to that change part, there needs to be trust built with these communities. What are some ways that you're thinking of, of building trust with people, you know, specifically people you haven't met, Derek? Well, I mean, trust comes from conversations, if you ask me. Uh, trust comes from you know, things you have in common. Tr you know, somehow or another through this, through this pandemic, you're going to have to be able to speak to people. And I think it's important to speak to the people who have already gained trust in those communities. The hardest thing to do, in my personal opinion, is to build trust when you're walking around speaking to people and you're asking for votes or donations. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. the hard. I mean, it just, even though you're, you know, you, you might be pure in your thoughts, in my personal opinion, it just puts off a negative image. So what you have to do is to me, reach out to the people like yourself and yourself who are in the communities who've, who've got lots of trust and be honest with them. Show, you who, you know, show them who you are, show them the direction you're going. Get that person to trust you and then that person will pass the trust. And I, that's the way I believe you do that. I, I think you gotta tiptoe very carefully on trying to gain trust over the internet or something like that. It's gonna have to be by earning trust of somebody who's in that community who already has the trust of that community. I think that's important. Okay. That's that's good. That's that's. I think that makes perfect sense. It is reaching out to folks that have already that already have that trust, like you mentioned. Um, what are some things that you're uh, passionate about, either changing or implementing um, or fixing um, in the city of Springdale? Oh man, uh, I'm passionate about people. You know, I'm, man, I've got a big thing for me in my heart for less fortunate people or people who have been uh, wrongfully, you know, wrongfully convicted of crimes and just treated you know treated second class treated um again as guests in their own home mm -hmm. that really bothers me it really does and i think being a voice is something that's very important to me being a voice from people who don't trust the system being a voice uh being an advocate for people who who just don't know where to go or what to do sometimes i sat back and watched did a lot of research on how many people take pleas just because they can't afford a good a good attorney and to, right. and and but see that is not just a, a man or woman taking a plea to me. That is me seeing a, a family losing a, a, a provider. Mm -hmm. And when that family loses that provider, they, they go downhill and things happen. You know, it's just a domino effect for years to come. So I think it's important to educate people or just being a phone call away for somebody, for the Latinx community or somebody away. They can like what a city councilman is supposed to do. And yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been wrongfully, you know, accused of a crime and you can't afford it, I think you should be able to make a phone call and just ask a question. Be accessible. You be accessible. You've got to be accessible. I think that's the key to be successful. You know, to make this thing work, we're going to have to be accessible to people. Again, there's no magic wand. We're going to have to be an ear, and they're going to have to speak to somebody to let us know, and then we'll have to be the voice for that person. Yeah. Period. 
Period. Yeah, I think um, I if it wasn't because I am aware of who's in city council, just because I do my own research and stuff, most of the community doesn't know who even their representative is. Right. Because they're I never didn't. at our events. Yeah. They're never at like at our door. They're never reach. They never reach out to the community. Um, and the only reason why they they might know one or two is because of like uh, crazy things that happen, which like kind of like what happened a, a few weeks ago with yeah. the whole uh, situation with the city council. Um, that's the only way that we hear sometimes of our representatives, you know. So definitely, there needs to be more folks that are on the ground listening to folks and uh, really putting a face to the position of uh, of Ward Four C uh, Two that you're running for, um, Derek. Um, and how are you feeling right now just about just about running? Um, I, mean, I love it. I love it. Anytime I get a chance to help people, any any time, and that's that's my little thing in life. I, I love it. I, I enjoy helping people. That's that's my thing. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm thrilled to death. Yeah, and I think you know just seeing you connect with some of the people that that i know mm. um having those worlds collide i think is is really exciting so i'm i'm also pumped just to see this all happening and, mm. and have seen those conversations already started yeah um so yeah. where can people contact you where can people reach out uh what's do you have a a facebook already yeah uh, i i have uh 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 vote van Vost, uh facebook i have a uh, van com. it's the website and then, I mean, I take on my personal Facebook. Hit me up, man. Anything I can do to help people, it, it's just, it's whatever, man. It really is. It, it's, it's important, guys. And it's, it's not to say that, that the leadership we have isn't there. Mm. I'm just saying that is one of the positions, in my personal opinion, that need energy. It needs juice. Mm. And it's one of those jobs that over time, like all jobs, it'll wear you down. And you just punch the clock and come in. To me, that is one of the jobs that you cannot have when the fire goes out. You just hang on. And, and you just hang in. That, that's not it. You've got to be able to bring it every day. And even though they might have had intentions to bring it, even though they may feel like they should bring it, I think a lot of our leaders are just burnt out and tired from a very stressful job. Yeah. But regardless, when that time comes, either pick up the juice, mm. hit the ground, you know, you know, represent the people, or glad to step to the side and let somebody else who has it. It's just like coaching. It's no different. Yeah. When you get tired, you can't just punch the clock every day and keep coming in. Your program will suffer. Every kid that comes through there needs to have that same experience, right? Mm -hmm. And with your bad mood or your, or, or your energy dying out, you've killed that kid's, you know, it's, it's energy mm -hmm. going into And you don't have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, these kids are, are, that go through sports deserve an experience. Mm -hmm. The people that live in this community deserve to enjoy their time in this community yeah. as guests in their home. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Dri driving it home there at yep. the end, you know, hard through the finish line, just like uh, we hope your representation will be in the city council. Definitely, definitely. And thank you for being here, Derek. Um, and we'll post the link to where people can donate to your campaign when we post this podcast episode online. Um, Bo Van Vost, man. That's yeah. a, hey, I like, I like that. it. I like it. I like Bo <laughs> Van Vost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like it. I like it. Now we got we to gotta give Manny some credit now for hey. that. For that. No, he no, he said it. He said it. But that's no. Bo Van Vost. Yeah, that's yeah. solid. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So yeah. uh, uh, we'll, we'll hit you up in the next few weeks so that we can get an update on where the campaign's at. Uh, but thank you for being here and uh, vote Van Vost. We'll yeah. see you all next week. Thanks. Peace. Take Peace. care.